Oh my! And as you would say, this is the show. Is this the uh, show? Is this the show? Are there we doing this? Go. Is this it? Yes, this is. Apparently, we have to avoid being robots, according to Adam. So we can't say, "Hey, Josh." Yeah. And then you hey, say, Justin. Hey, hey uh, I think we're pretty okay gamers. Like, oh. We can't do that anymore. So. Yeah. Well, that's. I understand why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've got that out of the way. Yeah. This is the show. And you know what's funny is that I say that a lot on this particular podcast. I don't think I said it quite as much. No, on not the on the one. digital divide. No, you didn't. Yeah, but on this one, I say it, and it's actually a stolen joke from a podcast called uh, Back to Work. Yes. And they haven't done that joke in a long time. But, um, nice. you know, it just sticks in, in the craw a little bit, and then I, you know, feel like I have to say it, so... Here I am, pretending to be cooler than I actually am, as per usual. Well, you're being like the cool dad, mm. kind of like pulling those dad jokes in, even though yeah. only a few people who listen to, not sh- not saying a lot of people don't listen to back to work. I'm just, you know, referring tons to those who are Tons of people listen to that show. Exactly. Tons. Talk, tons of people. And I mean, Merlin Mann is uh, uh, someone you need to, isn't Merlin on there, right? Yeah, Merlin Mann. And yeah. Dan Benjamin. But Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin. That's a fun name to say. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, thanks. I want to quickly just recap, follow up. It was awesome having Adam on. And I think we've said this a gajillion times, but it really was pretty cool having it was somebody a lot of fun. else. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Different perspective, different attitude, different, uh, what's the, the little spicing up the, the podcast. So I thought it was, I was trying to think of something funny. I just, I can't. No, it's cool. I get you. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah. it was cool to have him on. Hopefully we can have him on again. Yeah. No, I, I had a blast and I'm looking forward to potentially finding other people to bring onto the podcast or ways we can incorporate other yeah. interview-esque situations or, you know, spice it up as you say. So yes, spice I enjoyed it. it up. Variety is the spice of life is what they say. And so. too far. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, yeah. Another thing I want to follow up because I'm just steamrolling here. Love it. Uh, I've, I have an Xbox again. Oh, yes. Congratulations. Yes, this is the you, official Aaron. announcement. Yes, the official announcement. Justin is back into Xbox land. Thanks to my awesome wife. So thanks, Aaron. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. It was a terrible, like, you know, <laughs> blow horn, whatever that is from, like, partying not... and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin's back in it. Welcome uh, back, Justin. You're I a just... console gamer. I have to point that out because some people think it matters whether you're a console gamer or a PC gamer. No. And I don't gamer. think so, but um, I just want to point out which one you are. Yeah, so I bought the Slim, or we bought the Slim. I don't. That's a uh, we as an item bought the Xbox One S, aka Slim, and I got to, I got Kingdom Hearts three. So I'm really excited to play that because that's ten years in the making for me. Plus, so I'm ex- super excited, and I only got to play a little bit. But it's like a Game had, of Thrones book. Yes, but this you they, you could actually finish these. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, they're actually making them still. Yeah, they are. Ba-doom. Regardless of how convoluted the story is, it's totally okay. I'll get to it. But uh, yeah. it's, it, I'm really excited. I had all the same feelings I had when I was playing the second one. Um, but this is better, so the graphics-wise, and there's enhancements to the game. So I, I'm really exciting. It, it kept the same setup as it did with the first two, where you you get to like pick the style of gameplay through the same 
<clears throat> main boss you kill in the beginning, so it was pretty fun. Okay, yeah. wait, wait, wait. So we, you can't. I need to know more because I, what? I feel like I haven't experienced these games enough to really talk oh, about Hearts? it. And I, I know a lot of people that love it and have told me oh. that I have to play it. I haven't obviously played it, but so you're referring to the beginning. So I've only played the very, very beginning of the first one. Correct. And you start in like a pretend boss scene, and yes, then you correct. that scene pick I'm how you want to fight it. Okay, like you so have that's to pick if you're. Yeah, it, well, <clears throat> I think that's just like a thing that they do. It seems like this is a thing that happens every single time because I believe that happened in the second second book or second book. Jeez, thanks for that. Sure. Now I'm thinking of Game of Thrones second Anytime. game, but it was a different main character. But yeah, you start out at the beginning. Uh, you get to basically pick between if you want to be a warrior a protector meaning you're more on the defense side or uh use magic uh and so it does the same thing you get to pick and it also picks the style of play so like um you're caring more about power or you care more about like bond or friendship etc so i don't know how much it really actually plays into it before you'd get some enhanced stats at the beginning but to yeah. me i just want to play the game like i when i was a kid i was caring more about that but now i just want to relive all the that is kingdom hearts and uh it's really nice and they still have not changed with the dialogue the dialogue is still corny as all heck which Ugh. i love Ugh. it's so good <laughs> so and remind me again so you said the game hasn't changed much or or it's similar do you mean like the gameplay is it still kind of half in half out rpg style yeah you know? yeah okay. exactly it's like a event based uh oh not event based how do i explain it uh, yeah it's it, like RP- a it's like a free free range rpg is right I think exactly the right term something Maybe like I'm making that. that up but where you get to run around a cl- enclosed battlefield and yeah you it's real time but you can throw off spells or attack and try to dodge and all that stuff yeah and they add more uh caveats to it doing special moves and utilizing the environment around you so granted i've only been able to play i I think it was only 30 minutes i think most of it was just uh, cut scenes that's the the sucky part about kingdom hearts is that there are times where it's just cut scene after cut scene which are gorgeous by the way but still but well, yeah. that's not a Kingdom Hearts thing. That's a Square Enix yeah. thing, well, for sure. For me, that was how it was for Square, yeah. or yeah. for Kingdom Hearts. But yeah, I got that. And then um, I, I hopefully will give updates as I play through that, because that's a game just like Halo that I just love to Im- uh, immerse myself in. Uh, and I played almost all the games except all the remixes, because at that point I just couldn't, I didn't care as much. It just convoluted the story again, and... It's already really long, and <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They even like go through it really quickly for you twice <laughs> in the yeah. beginning. So, well, and the, everybody that I've talked to that's super into it always warns me that there's a very, and they usually use the the added term "very convoluted story," where you yes. don't at some point you're gonna lose the string. You don't really know what's going on a hundred percent, but you kind of have an idea, but it's not really clear so it's it's an interesting thing because i feel as though square used kingdom hearts to kind of as like a testing grounds for some story ideas and things and just kind of went off the deep end with it so i don't know i don't know that for sure because obviously i only played 
10 minutes of the first one <laughs> yeah but no it's uh well congratulations welcome nice. back and yes. now you have kingdom hearts 3 and it's your job now on this podcast to tell us about it as yes. you play it i will and because there's absolutely it. nowhere else you can get any news on kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> this is the only podcast where we will ever talk about it several months later after it has been released <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, tip, uh, typical fashion. Typical now, fashion. Uh, then I got Division 2, so I'm really excited because I like that game a lot. Now, that one super interests me because I really enjoyed the first one. Yes. And Very I am looking same. forward to some time getting into the second one. Um, tier for not being on the same platform to play it together at some point. But Yeah, but you know me. I think I might... So these are there are a few games that I would buy again just so that I could play with other people and I've done that in the past and yeah. if it got to the point where like you were actually seriously considering it again I would probably just buy it because it was a lot of fun it's a lot of fun on PC uh, it looks gorgeous on PC but I like the idea of sitting on my couch and playing the division it actually did pretty well so nice congrats it's a good game thank you all right well do you have anything you want to talk about follow up wise just out of curiosity. No, no. I think uh, I think I covered everything last episode that I had, so no. Yeah, it's a pretty... We had a busy week. I mean, yeah. I feel like it was. We had a lot of announcements. Is there any particular announcement that you saw or heard about that you were really excited about? There were a couple. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, um, you know, I we it was jam-packed with news. I think the biggest one that not just you and i are talking about but yes. i know that you and i are super both invested in is the new star wars jedi fallen order yes. game and they they teased it they had a little teaser trailer which wasn't little and it was more than it seemed like a teaser but that's what yeah. they called it oh my gosh it got me justin it got me i've been super against them them being EA making a new Star Wars game, and then some guy in the crowd said it was going to be more than just multiplayer, like Battlefront was, and it was going to be story based. And I was like, Pasha, as yeah, if, okay, good luck. And then this drops, and it's like, Holy cow, they are actually doing it. And the story, even I, I, granted, it wasn't gameplay, but even in this small cutscene. Yes. It connected with me story-wise. How did you feel about it? So I actually have it playing right now as I'm watching it. <laughs> and uh, what I really like about this this particular teaser official reveal yeah. is that it's going over the whole like repression of we can't we can't ex we can't let ourselves be known like we can't be let, let ourselves be known that we're alive that the Jedi are here that who I am and and so it's like picturing this main character who unfortunately. Uh, I can never pronounce. I'm probably not gonna be able to pronounce this, but it's like Cal Kestis, because typical Star Wars names that sure, are just yeah. wonderful. But uh, he's like the one of the surviving members of the Jedi Order after Order sixty six. So that's the order that uh, Palpatine gave to kill all the uh, the Jedi's yeah. if, in Clone Wars. No, not Clone Wars. I am so sorry. Wow, Re uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. I was Anyways. going to correct you, but you got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking of Clone Wars because of other reasons. But yeah, so it's playing through this this one guy who's trying to blend in with his surroundings. And of course, you know how things work out. Uh, he's he's stuck it between saving somebody or watching them die to protect himself. 
and being a true Jedi, he uh, tries to save the person and exposes himself. So it looks super exciting. Uh, it looks um, like KOTOR a little bit in the sense. A little like, bit, yeah. Just, just the the style. But I've never played any of the Jedi Order games. Or oh, the, Justin, which, you have to go play. I've said this before, I know. Yeah, I know. And I know I say this about a lot of games, but you are a Star Wars fan, and those games are so good. Right. <laughs> I think you will really love them. So you need to play them. And they're always super cheap. They yes, always go on sale. Are. There's one thing I want to say before you jump in. There was a scene around like a minute 46 seconds where a, a character jumps on to the ship that Cal's trying to uh, escape on. And it almost looks like they're uh, possibly a Sith because you can see them using some sort of power or force to like crack the windshield yeah. with their hand. So uh, I'm super excited because this looks really cool. Respawn's a great. Uh, oh, they're awesome. They're just great. Uh, they've made some really wonderful games and they've been doing a really good job. I mean, one of the biggest things that's exploding right now is, uh, uh, oh my God, Apex. Yeah. So, Apex Legends. And, and that is huge right now. So this, this, uh, this company is getting a lot of publicity and I can't wait. I really cannot wait. Yeah. They do a really nice job with, um, polish with their games. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're not into like the, style of game that apex is uh fine but the polish is there for sure and my favorite game by them so far and that will i'm sure soon change with this game but has been uh uh, titanfall uh titanfall 2 i loved loved i said titanfall 2 is probably the better one yeah i didn't play the first one i played the second one so um full disclosure as you say but uh (laughs) but i loved that game and i mean it was i could see it why it was too much for some people because it was a whole new plane of existence where you're moving vertically not just you know horizontally but yeah they really nailed it with that game and it was because of the polish and um it it will be interesting to see i would say based on my limited experience with their games that i would say that the campaigns and single player modes are usually the weakest so this being a single-player game where they're saying things like no multiplayer, I mean, hopefully they can overcome that shortcoming. Yeah. It looks like they already have, though. I mean, the, like you said, the story part of the trailer looks amazing. It ticked all the boxes, but the oh, thing yeah. that really got me about it, and I don't know if you saw these things, but there were specific things in the trailer that just hinted at them actually caring about it, where they the purge stormtroopers yeah well but there were like little hints and nuggets from star wars that were uh, you know just dropped like easter eggs throughout the trailer and if you pick up on them it's like oh my gosh like there's there's more here than them just trying to make some garbage star wars game and we don't know for sure right it's not out but that's the type of thing that really gets me where i'm like okay all right, this is going to be great. Like him picking up the little com link and, you know, being able yeah. to play back order 66 and like mm-hmm. just those little nuggets of star Wars that they put into this teaser. And that tells me that they are going to give it the space and room. It needs to be a great star Wars game. So unfortunately now I'm ripe for disappointment because I'm super yes. excited about it. 
<laughs> because of some stupid teaser trailer they dropped randomly. But still, I'm very excited and I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I think there might have been some hints of the Jedi Temple or one of the Jedi Temples um, being uh, him trying to uncover it and get inside. So I, I hope that my both of our expectations aren't shattered and we are upset just like every other star wars game that's come out lately yeah uh but i have i have faith regardless i'm gonna probably buy this game and play it i'm sure same (laughs) it's not like a uh oh i'll wait it's it's gonna be uh it's definitely happening yeah i'm sure Uh, what's this star wars actress thing you're talking about about yeah so so it's really a small little nugget and not really much to go off of, but I got super excited about it because there's been a lot of talk about, okay, so there's a little game called Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. <laughs> no, um, never. <laughs> and it was a huge success. And um, it's not like Gorilla, is that who it is? It's Gorilla Games, I think, who makes it? Yeah, Gorilla, yeah, Gorilla Games, Games. Who also created, um, what's the sci-fi shooter from way back? Um Oh, gosh. It was one of the launch titles for the PlayStation 3. Um, we talked uh, about it on the podcast. Like, the sci-fi shooter that came out on PlayStation 3, that was one of their first titles. Anyway, uh, regardless. Uh, oh, are you talking about uh, Resistance? Yes, thank you, Resistance. Damn. Yes. That was their first title, if memory serves. So, um, they've always been, like, a first-party PlayStation Sony developer. And I think they actually, I think Sony owns them now. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. I thought that was Insomniac. Mm, I'll look it up. We'll figure yeah, it out. Insomniac but still, regardless, is, they've made good games. It's just that when Horizon Zero Dawn came out, it was a smash success. And rightfully so. I was playing it again this evening. I love that game. It is so, so good. So any little bit of news about a sequel or them working on the next game or Killzone. is it going to happen? Killzone. It wasn't Resistance. It was Killzone. Sorry. Close no, enough. Thank though. you. Pretty close. Thank you. I always get those two mixed up. They are so, really close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn, huge success. Loved the game. Fantastic. They, They've been kind of secretly potentially saying that they're going to work on it at some point, but never really confirming. This little nugget on Reddit was just saying that this um, somebody caught up with this. Um, who was she? So she did the voice acting, I believe. Yeah. For Inverso. Yeah. And for Battlefront and mm-hmm. uh, something else. Anyway, she got caught up with the press at an event and just dropped that like she has seen horizon zero dawn the sequel and Mm -hmm. says that it's going to be amazing what was her quote here let me find it um it's incredible wait until you see the sequel you're going to die i know some secrets you're going to die so (laughs) i'm super excited about it because one of the best parts about horizon zero dawn is um all the fun things you find out about the world and as you move through the game, uncovering this catastrophe that struck humanity however yeah. long ago and you unraveling the mystery and also undoing it. And just the fact that there's secrets involved is super exciting. And it's one woman who said two sentences, but still, I'm very excited about it. I cannot wait. Yeah, I, and this is a game that I've been wanting to play for a long time just because, one, you were talking about it being yeah. so good. And all basically, people were saying, wow, this game... May- 
while gorgeous, like the, just the graphics and the design and art behind it, it's just a really good, interesting game. So uh, I'm excited for you in this case. And uh, this was a hard decision when I was buying the Xbox. I was like, <laughs> should I get the PS4 so I can get games that I haven't been able to play in forever? But uh, as we all know, Halo will yes. always hold a dear place in my heart. So I can never <laughs> abandon that game. I think obviously you made the right choice, uh, seeing as Halo is your your baby franchise. You need that franchise in your life. Yeah. So uh, always. I think you made the right choice. But still, you're gonna have to come over. I'm gonna have to show you this game. I yeah. absolutely need you to play this. It's so good. And even just running around in the world is just a treat. Yeah. Exciting. I have some things that I'm excited about too. Uh there's two things that well, one officially announced for the Switch that Octopath Traveler or sorry. Regarding the Switch, but not necessarily for the Switch. But Octopath Traveler, which is a uh, JRPG by Square that is currently on the Switch and did really well, came out. It's this really awesome-looking game that the demo I played was fantastic. I just... I'm waiting for it to be cheap. <laughs> I don't want to pay the money for it. But uh, it's actually coming to PC, which is weird because it's coming in June, and it's not a game that I would really see coming to the pc i was actually shocked when i saw this it's the same way i think of the same way i think of stardew valley being a game that started on the pc i just for whatever reason i picture these games perfectly being placed on something like the switch or mobile so uh i don't know i, I think i will i'll just end up getting the switch version of this still i don't think it's a pc worthy game for me what about you I still don't know what you mean by that. And I'm not you saying mean? you're wrong. I just don't know what you mean. Because you said that when we first talked about it. And I I wanted to kind of ask you about it on the podcast because it's just a JRPG in my, in my mind. And there's a lot of those on the PC, um, some of which are pretty old and great, some of which are yeah. not. But it just it's just a typical JRPG in my mind. So what, I... what part of it? I guess I... I'm not sure which part you mean. I think for me, the graph it's the graphics and the 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 dimension you play it in. Like I don't picture games that are on a PC to be one dimension, not one dimensional, but uh, how do I explain this? <laughs> it's like it's not not platformy, but and not Metroid Zane like Metroidvania. It's like this um very horizontal gameplay with some de- depth and uh some dimension to it but you're like going back and forth and you're always seeing the characters that you're playing on a uh, from the side view like you're only seeing half of them yeah and, and to me that has always been something that i've played any games like that i have played on the switch or in the past like on my game boy or the ds or uh in this case a switch like to me for whatever reason i pictured those being games that i play on my switch or a handheld not something that i play on my computer or a console game for whatever reason i've never understood that so i I ask because it's it scratches something in my brain that i have have not been able to place for Mm -hmm. a long time and i consider myself equally console gamer equally pc gamer Mm-hmm. And yet, I find that I oftentimes will be sitting on the couch holding my controller, playing on mm-hmm. my TV, more often than I would at my PC. And 
some of that is just how my life operates at this point, and some of yeah. that is, I think, how I grew up. I grew up a console gamer, 100%, uh, and that's why I've kind of had this renaissance going through old strategy games or old PC games and loving them um, because right. I never got to experience those younger. That said, there's something here that you're scratching that I can't place and put my finger on, and that is... I kind of think I see where you're coming from in a sense. Like, it's not that I don't think it could be a PC game, but it does somehow ring true of a console game to me more so. Mm. Um, And I don't know why that is. And we should unpack that at some point or maybe dig into that more when we have a chance because there's something to that. And to me, it also relates to why somehow I end up on my couch more often than I end up in my computer chair. And the games I choose to buy on Steam and play often, I don't know. It's all related for me, and I don't know how to place it all. So that's why I was asking. No, and I think eventually I also want to talk about, like, the the switch for me for, like, going from when I was younger, from console being what I like to do because I could afford console to when I had money for PC gaming. And then now, as I'm older, that shift has now moved more back to the console gaming side. Uh, I want to talk about that too eventually. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have cool. to mark that we'll down. We'll put it to the list. <laughs> the list. The list in quotes. Uh, but yeah, either way, this is coming to the PC. I don't know what the price is. I imagine it'll be still relatively the same. If not, maybe like 45 ish dollars. It sounds like a sweet point between 30 and 45 if it hits that point. But if they're doing really well, uh, maybe it's uh, not really. Make, going to make a difference and it'll still be 60 but uh and then i saw on reddit there was somebody who was at a minecraft cons or a conference or a minecraft event somewhere in the in the world and was actually playing a uh an unofficial port of terraria on the switch instead oh which nice it was it was like a, a perfect trolling event but uh, the best part is the comments, of course, and Reddit were like, hey, hold on. I want that. How did you get that? I want to be able to do that. It wasn't like, hey, look at this guy trolling. They were more curious about how this is happening. So um, it does seem like it's legitimate. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, how that's happening, if it's legal or not, or how they're porting it in. So yeah, it's kind of cool. That'd be fun to play. That's a game that I, again, picture myself playing on a console game or a console or a handheld but the problem is i first played it on the pc so yeah <laughs> that's hard I, that's conflicting <laughs> i have it on the ipad and it's okay but i yeah, it it's not feels good. for me it's way more pc game 100 percent. yeah there's it, i think there's more depth to it because yeah. of that i will yeah. say that this game terraria holds a really special place for me because ah oh, without getting into too much <laughs> um Story I had a friend Josh. buy this game for me, and it really just threw me back into some of the greatest games that I ever enjoyed, and this was one of them. And if it wasn't bought for me, I probably would have ignored it or not known about it. So yeah. it's and I I've played tons of this game. Like I think it's the second most played, if not the first most played game on Steam for me. So love this game. Yeah, it's awesome. Graphics, sound, everything, and they still do updates to it, which is great. So, and it's at least ten years old. Yeah. So, though it has uh, traded hands a couple times, I think once or twice. That's a shame. So, yeah. Anyway, not always the best. Cool. And Lots then, going on this week. <laughs> and then one more thing, one yeah. more big thing, and then we can talk about something. I guess more important. Uh, 
PS, so the, with E3 coming around the corner in June, and we're about that time, we're in that like time frame of what people are getting itchy for the next, the next console, the gen, new generation of the console games, game, uh, game systems. Uh, we had a little bump from PS4 with the PS4 Pro, and then you have the Xbox One X, terrible naming convention, and Xbox One S for the slim. Uh, and giving some you know updated specs, allowing for HDR support, semi HDR support slash 4K, yeah, and so forth. Uh, well, Sony and Xbox have released some new information. One for PS4 or PS5, sorry. Uh, it, some of the leaks that were coming out were confirmed, and uh, Sony came out saying that yes, there is a PS5 uh, going to be announced and displayed possibly at E3, maybe. Um, they gave some ideas of the specs that would hypothetically be going into this. Cause if you remember, and uh, when the PS3 came out, there was a lot of things thrown out like backwards compatibility and that never happened right off the get go. Right. So we can't really hold them accountable for that yet. Uh, but they're saying that it will not be coming out this year. The hardware is not ready. It will be next year uh, around, uh, Q3 ish. It seems possibly according to AMD, who will be providing those chips, uh, that that those ships won't be ready until the end of that that quarter of next year. So, kind of exciting. And then Xbox One, or Xbox One, like it's the company. Jesus, Justin. <laughs> Xbox or Microsoft announced that they are indeed going to be releasing um, immediately right now for pre-order uh, an Xbox One S discless console. So it's basically all digital content. Comes with three games. I think one of them's like. It's either three games or uh, you can pick one of the three games when you pre-order. Uh, they're either Division 2, I think. No, sorry. Forza Horizons for uh, CFDs. Excuse me, it's Forza. Forza, thank you. Sure. For correcting my own correction. <laughs> um, and then I can't remember the other game. I'm sure it's like Fortnite or something silly. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of crazy. And that's being released May 7th, so that should be in stores by that time and josh i don't know about you but it was really crazy how quick this information came out and then um we're just around the corner for e3 does that really change anything for us i mean for us gamers do you think this really is a a, a big deal at all or what, what's your take it's going to be a big deal for sure i believe them whomever they are in them saying that they won't release it until next year I believe yeah. that. I don't think they're ready for, not only are they not ready for release on the hardware, I'm sure, but also, you know, they, both companies, Microsoft and Sony, have released a an updated version of their console right. in the last year and a half or so, and I'm sure that they want to kind of squeeze as much as they can out of that. Especially, I think they're trying to give maybe a little bit more breathing room to the VR sitch. You know, PlayStation VR is kind of getting a little bit of a, a following at this point, it seems like. So, uh, and there were a couple price drops too, and more and more people seem to be buying it. Right. So I think, I think they're trying to play their cards just right and maybe pick a very strategic release of next year, giving it enough breathing room to kind of ring out the rest of the sales that they can get on the current console, current gen and then move forward. I think that's further confirmed with the release of the 
current AAA games and development right. studios as they're releasing their games, it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down right now, which usually there's this like, you know, slowdown period before um, a major release of a console. And, you know, generally they do announce it pretty well ahead of time. So maybe we'll get that this E3 and maybe it won't be till next E3. So I don't know. It'll right. be interesting to see what the timing is on this. I think we've mentioned before that, you know, with the 360 and the PlayStation 3, we kind of saw a new approach to the gaming industry where they kind of both shook hands and said, we're going to keep this going for a while. And we saw a really long tenure of those consoles and the PlayStation four and the Xbox one have kind of already bucked that trend. So there was like five versions of the Xbox 360. Yeah. There was Xbox 360. Then there's the Xbox 360 elite. Then there's the Xbox 360 slim. There was the Xbox 360 (laughs) slim elite. And then there was like a new version of the Xbox 360. Like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like different. There's like the four gigabyte one that had a flash four. Oh, it was just insane. There was just so many different versions of that dang console. It just would never end it. Yeah. And I owned actually, uh, three of those versions. So what? Yeah. Did you have a three, the three ring of death? I had two that three ringed of death. If you can say that, um, (laughs) say that three times. Yeah. I had one. Okay. So let's see if I can remember correctly. I had two of the original white Xbox 360, both of yeah. them three ringed to death at some point. Damn. Then I had something in the middle, which I think probably was the Elite. No, I had the Elite last. Wasn't that the more slim? No, I had a slim last and then the Elite the in between, I think. So it was a whole uh it was a whole crazy time. <laughs> yeah. I remember I can't even remember why the Elite was Elite. I think it had updated hardware and it had a bigger hard drive. Yeah. But that was about it. No, I don't think they changed much about the architecture. I think it was really more that they nailed down the soldering problem they had with the original build. Mm. And I don't know yeah. if that, I don't know. There was, anyway. a, there was like a whole market behind that too. Like a three ring of death. Don't have to, don't want to bring it into Microsoft. Here's a way to fix it. And there was like so many, there was people like putting it in, in bowls of rice, like parts of hardware in rice. Like they had dropped it in water. I will never understand that. Yeah, well, yeah. I knew somebody who um, used to fix them for people and oh, like nice. s- sell the service to fix them for people like unofficially. And I never wanted to crack mine open. I knew I could do it if I wanted to, but I I also don't like to do that and void warranties and yada, yada, yada. So yeah. this guy would crack it open, solder everything back together because that's essentially what happened. It would get too hot. It couldn't handle the heat, and the chip would unsolder itself from the board. And so if you had the know-how, you could go in there, pull everything apart, and solder the chip back on just right, and it would work. But I didn't feel comfortable doing that, so I never did. (laughs) Nice. Well, hopefully that doesn't continue to happen. No, it seems like they nailed it down. No pun intended, like literally nail it down. Uh, but yeah, so there's all that shenanigans happening and it. At first I thought I was make, we made the wrong decision, but when we bought the Xbox, but I think what's going to be nice is that one, even if it were to come out this year, not that it will, uh, there's always that weird transition period 
between the current console and the new console and games like triple a games and other games have kind of developed in both aspects or at least will come out for both of them and it makes it a lot easier for the people who don't want to pay the what i expect the xbox the new xbox and ps4 would cost be like probably it has to at least be six hundred dollars i mean there's no way it's going to be cheaper because there's going to be ssds in it so the solid state drives for that'll be faster updated gpus or graphics processing unit and uh, a cpu so like, there's going to be so many things in there that are more expensive better but more expensive and they will not be able to hit those price point uh, like a price point of under six hundred dollars unless some miracle so yeah it will be expensive um i don't like that transition period personally I like it from one aspect and not from another. So the part that I don't like is when they release the same game on two sets of hardware for the same company. So take uh, the PlayStation 3 version and the PlayStation 4 version. Um, Or, no, that's not even right. So let me back up a step. The example I'm thinking of is Breath of the Wild on the Wii U versus the Switch. So Mm -hmm. the Switch version hadn't come out yet, but it was released on the Wii U. But then it came out on the Switch. So if you have a Switch and a Wii U, and maybe you bought it on the Wii U, you don't have it on the Switch. It's just like mm-hmm. a whole... I can't stand that. Like, yeah. you bought it on the old console, but then you don't have it on the new, and then it's it's just a mess, you know? And it's it's just not clean in my mind, which is stupid. It's a stupid thing, but it's not clean. That said, I love when the new console comes out and you have the old console because the games that are on the old console usually drop in price, and that's one of my favorite things. So, great the PlayStation 4 is out. Now all the PlayStation 3 games that I wanted to play are 20 bucks cheaper just because. So um, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> That's usually how I roll. <laughs> Perfect. I look forward to those days yeah. because I, I actually just looked at, I told you the other day, uh, I don't have Re- Halo Reach anymore. And uh, I have all the Halos now officially without, but I still need that. So I looked at online and i saw gamestop had it for five dollars so i feel a lot better spending five dollars to get an old game but i uh we'll see yeah so so justin what's up with this mobile game thing why are you (laughs) so into it i don't understand (laughs) it i just don't get it (laughs) it doesn't make Uh. sense it's not fun they're stupid games Uh. i'm just kidding they're not stupid there are some i'm sure out there but I just don't get it. What is what is your fascination with these things? You have like a bajillion games. Uh, I just want to paint this picture for everyone. If you go if you go to recommend a game that you saw on the App Store, I guarantee you Josh has it somehow. He probably bought it once at one time, and it just sits there. And he, uh, how many times do you play it? Probably once every like sixty four days. <laughs> I just don't get it. Well, okay, so, so, so. So let's break it down, right? So do you want to know why I have all those games? Do you want to know why I play mobile games? Do you want to know why one would play mobile games? Do you want to know what What, the draw to mobile games is? What draws you to it? What draws you to it? Because I need to understand (laughs) what is so great about them. Okay. In your eyes. So here we go. This is it. What draws me to mobile games? Well, mm-hmm. the first and foremost is the fact that it's mobile. As in, what do I mean by that? Wait, as hold in, on. You're telling me you can bring that game anywhere you want? 
Oh my God. Yes. I totally get it. Now. Exactly. It can go kidding. with you and <laughs> it's in your pocket with you at all times. No On a tiny, tiny, tiny screen. <laughs> well, so, so is the Game Boy. So is the uh, Nintendo DS. So is, Touché. I mean, you can name off all the handhelds then. Touche. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Okay, so you have it with you at all times. That's number one on the list because mm-hmm. when you so so related to that, before I actually launch into that in more detail, number one is that you have it with you all the time. Related to that is number two, which is you have this phone with all this great hardware or iPad or whatever device you have with you. It's got Samsung all this hardware tablet. in it. Yeah, it's got all this hardware in it. You spend all this money on it. It's another way to utilize that hardware to the to its fullest ability, right? So like okay. just like the PC, I like building PCs so that I can play games that push the PC to its limit or right. I like having new hardware and trying out those new games that can really push your hardware to the limit. Likewise, your iPhone, you can really push your iPhone to the limit with some of the games, although as the iPhones and the iPads and the tablets and the phones get pushed farther and farther down the line of having multiple cores and a lot more RAM, it's harder to do and not as, you know, not as much of a draw. But still, you have this device with you at all times. It's got a lot of hardware jammed into this tiny sc- screen, basically. Mm-hmm. Why not try to push it? Why not try to utilize it? Why not play something that's going to take advantage of all that? Because generally speaking... And I'm making a generalization here. Sending email and browsing the web and sending text messages are not taxing that hardware at all. You're just unless unless you're using Gmail or Chrome. Yeah, well, Chrome. Any Java-based application that has memory leaks. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a different podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so those are the main two. Then followed closely by that is what I search for in games, which I'm looking, and we said this before, when I'm buying, sorry, when I'm buying mobile games, rather, I'm looking for console level experiences, or I'm looking for, how do I define this? Or I'm looking for (laughs) native, (laughs) native style games. In other words, I'm not sure how to phrase this I get what you're saying. It's something that you would not normally get on a console or PC. It's, it's something that's like specifically meant for a phone. Uh, the way I think of it is like tower defense games are really something you only play on your phone or a net. Yeah. 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 That's part of it. But that, that only touches on part of it. It's more about it's more about taking advantage, not just built for, but taking advantage of like a really well developed, well thought out, you know, passion project style game that's built for the phone itself takes mm-hmm. advantage of the touchscreen, takes advantage of those controls. Because let's be honest, I think that mobile gaming is better on a Nintendo DS is better on a Vita is better on a what's the one after the P- Vita the PSP, PSP. which one was first yeah the PSP came PSP after. came first and then Vita 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 came was after. second okay I always get them mixed up so and the reason for that is you have physical buttons physical buttons are huge you I'm sorry but you can't huge. Yep, unless huge. you have a game that takes full advantage of the touchscreen as an advantage. The game is probably better with physical buttons <laughs> and you can just, it's tactile. You can, 
you know, react in, in faster speeds. You can do things differently. It's just, it's better. It's better to have physical buttons. That said, playing a game that you have with you is better than not being able to play it at all, in my opinion. So, so that's, it's mostly that you have it with you at all times. That's really what it is. Can I jump in? Please. Okay. So you said your comment about getting a different experience, kind of what you were talking about, getting a different experience with a game on the phone. Sure. This, this is why I don't like, I have a hard time liking mobile games is because they seem to all feel the same to me. They feel, um, what's the word I need to use without offending people? Uh, it's almost cartoonish, like kiddish cartoonish. And they all have this like weird. Uh, so let me t- take again an example. Uh, any of the racing games that you pick up, if you go download a racing game, and that racing game app or game in on your app store they all have this like uh hot wheels-esque design where the the feeling of you driving the car is super super clunky and i just don't get it 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 doesn't doesn't it's almost arcadey i feel like i'm playing it in an arcade and and the same feeling i get when i play racing games in an arcade is like the the steering is just it's it's sad It, it doesn't work and I have a hard time enjoying a game if I don't like the controls. And the idea of not having physical buttons to race or to, uh, I don't know, go around. And if I, I'm playing like a game like at Elders, uh, the Blades, and you have to touch the screen to swing a sword. Like to me, that, that doesn't provide me the same uh, enjoyment that I would if I was using a controller or even like a mouse and keyboard. So I have this hard, not just the graphics, but this feeling of I'm playing on a small screen and touching it to play, and I just don't like the feeling of not having those physical controls. It just throws me off. I just I can't get into it. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, and um, I respect that. It's mm-hmm. just that often you seem to... Uh, dismiss the entirety of mobile games because it's not something that you like which is fine right but it's it's not necessarily right because there are games out there that i'm sure are great and just because i don't like it doesn't mean everybody shouldn't like it right i should i want to make that very clear that it's just that i i need someone to help me understand and get past that that uh that dislike because like i want to i want to enjoy these games because you you show me all these good games and while some of them i actually do enjoy there's like the occasional one that i don't know if you would consider the text-based adventures or like the what was it called like the game book uh, style games yeah yeah it is like that was a great i loved that i was addicted to that genre for a little time uh, like a small period of the time and i i really enjoyed that and that was not necessarily a touch like it wasn't a control thing that was a whole different genre in general yeah but but there are some games i'm with you in the sense that controls for me are super important that the right controls can take you right out of a game or i mean into a game and the wrong controls can take you right out of a game at least for me and controls and how they feel it's very very much a nintendo style way of thinking where Nintendo was always very, and you know, not 
100% of the time, but it was a goal of theirs to make sure the controls always felt tight and very, um, uh, a lot of, a lot of thought behind the way they felt, um, Mm. that they felt designed basically. And I, I really bring that to every game I play, not just on mobile, every game that I go to play, it's really important that it feels like the game was was designed with those controls in mind. And for me, mobile games are no different. When you talk about the games feeling arcadey, when you talk Mm -hmm. about the games feeling lesser in some way or not as on par controls wise, like that to me, I understand with the myriad of like basically these piles and piles of garbage games that I I call them, which is really reductive term. There's so many, so many garbage mobile games out there. And that's this, it's just, this, it just makes you want to jump into it less. For me, at least it just, it's something that, is distasteful yeah and, and if you go it. to the app store and you look at the game section you just start scrolling just through doing. games it's Hell yeah it's not that's it's not tenable and this is this is the problem that if you listen to podcasts who listens to podcasts if you listen to podcasts where they talk about apple stuff this is a one of the problems that often comes up in these podcasts and that is that apple does a, a really poor job of managing the app store of making sure you can find what you're looking for or bringing it forward and you may not even know you're looking for it i mean this is a problem that faces every single search company or you know amazon with their products like this is this is a problem that apple's not great at yet which they've gotten better but they're not great at and sifting through the garbage games just to use that term i i hate it because it's really reductive and it's very general but it's the best way i can describe it right now where you've got these games that are 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 built just to collect money you know and it's not about the gameplay it's not about the right. controls it's not about delivering this experience to the player which sounds hoity toity but still like it's it's about gems and cash and you know it's it's it feels it feels not great and that's the majority of app store games now let me take you on a roller coaster ready are you ready what for kind, the roller coaster? wait is is it, is it gonna be wooden or steel no what no are we doing it'll a bright be, it'll be whatever you imagine it to be justin <laughs> okay perfect suspended so, so it was not always like that. And it, not that the App Store has a very long history, and not that the iPhone has a very long history, but it was not always like that. And while there have always been piles of Garbage. things to sift through on the App Store, there was a time when it was easier. And there was a time that Apple had opened up the App Store to third parties for sifting. And so one such company, which is still around and they still write articles, is called Touch Arcade. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. Okay. So I'm yawning as I'm trying to avoid (laughs) yawning into my mic. Touch Arcade writes pieces and articles for reviews on iOS games specifically. That's all they review and talk about is iOS games. And they do a great job of it. And, um, you know, they even have a a pretty good podcast if you want to go listen to that. Ooh. Way back when the App Store was more open to third parties, this these guys um, commissioned and coded. I don't know how they did it, but they built this app, the Touch Arcade app, 
And what it did was it they would review the games on the App Store and they would put the articles in this app, but also you could follow those games in this app. And so what I would do and why I own so many iOS games and so many iOS games that I've played and so many that I haven't but mean to play is that this app let me sit and wait for sales on all of these games. And so I would turn on notifications on this Touch Arcade app and yeah. they would be harvesting when games changed um, sale price and wow. it would just give me a notification. So the bottom line is I amassed this pile of well-built, nice in theory, you know, well-meaning games for my iOS device. That said, that's not around anymore. <laughs> they closed it all off, so it's not as easy to do anymore. You have to read a lot more. You have to compare a lot more. I don't do that as much. So mostly my piles of games on the iOS app store are mostly from collecting way back when they would drop in price. But the point of this super long, convoluted, ridiculous story is that I sift through these games based on review and that's when I will go buy them or download them and I will go find them. Hmm. And I'm looking for specific like first party style experiences, you know, like console level experiences on my iOS device. And the ones that I have found are few and far between and they are are out there. I, of course, enjoy the ones that have been ported from other sources i like that's that's another thing but i can wait but i can understand not liking those right i can i can totally get behind the idea that like those came from somewhere else which were designed for other things take exactly for example knights of the old republic that was designed for a pc it doesn't feel the same on your ios device and i'm okay with that i just love it so much that having it with me is is more valuable to me than that feeling that said, though, there are games out there that are first party to iOS that feel great to play. Um, I, I would encourage you to look at like Alto's Adventure or yeah, Alto's I, Odyssey. I, that game 100% feels like an iOS game and should be there. Those are one of the games that I've, the very few amount of games that I've enjoyed. Also, like Inside's another one, which I still haven't bought yet. I, I keep telling myself I'm yeah. going to. So, so there, there are, are games out there that were designed for it, and those feel good because those are designed with the controls in mind, and so they, they feel right. They feel like they should be there. And those are the games that I'm always looking for on iOS, and those are the games that usually hold my attention longest and where I actually enjoy. And the whole premise back to step one is that I have it with me all the time. I'm, I can sit and wait for a haircut and play a game I like, or I can sit in the train station and play a game I like. You know, it's it's there with me all the time. Yeah. I... <laughs> I, I just... I don't know. I don't have words to explain i feel terrible too because i make it seem like the the games that are coming out are all trash look at that there's not there are only a few games that are worth your your there money, are but... only a few games that are worth your while on ios no i'll say it 100 percent. the elder scrolls blades game is a great example you have a triple a company 
I, I guess I could call it AAA studio Bethesda making a game on mobile. And what do they do? It's not, you don't pay for it. And granted, this is how you make money in the app store, right? Like you don't pay for it up front. You download it for free. You start playing the game. Firstly, it doesn't feel great. It's okay. And then you mm. play through the first section, you get the hang of it, you get to the big city. And of course, the big city's ruined and it's up to you to rebuild it. So now here you are, free to play guy, going into dungeons to collect more stuff to build this city and make it your own, you know? And that's like, no, I have no interest in this. This is not something that I want to play. I get that the average casual gamer is going to get into this kind of thing and want to build their town. But no, thank you. I am interested in, I was way more interested when it sounded like it was going to be a game about delving into dungeons and fighting monsters, which it that's in there. And that's a good portion of the game, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's to serve the purpose of building your town and no, thank you. No, I don't want to have to wait 120 seconds for my chest to open once i find it in the dungeon like i games should not have timers i want to play the game when i play the game and that's it if i have to give you ten dollars to play that fine the problem is that my opinion is different than everybody else who plays ios games so of course to make money in the app store these big studios are making these games i'm looking at you blizzard where it's going to be free to play and then you're giving them money to open your chests faster or find better loot or, and I, I have no interest in that. I have no time for something like that. And that's, that's the tragedy tragedy to me because that's starting to bleed into even PC gaming and even some console games. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And that's not something that I think serves the purpose of the games for gamers. (laughs) The problem is that it serves a, greater purpose of the vast majority and they enjoy it and they get off on it a little bit and then that's fine. They'll pay you money. So it's, I don't know. I don't know how to parse any of that, any of that out better. I I just, I will say it a hundred percent of the time, the vast majority of games coming out on iOS are not great. And they sometimes are free to play garbage and I don't, I don't buy those games. I don't enjoy those games. I'll download and be like, oh, that's what that is? Cool. Delete. And that's it. It's the games that are built for iOS. The games that are, you pay for it and then you get to play it when you want to play it. That's, that's the stuff that I'm after. That's the good stuff. So uh, as we were talking, I was like looking at games that I tried to find things that I enjoy. So I found something called Im- Immortal Rogue. Have you heard of it? Uh, probably. Um, it's a hack and slash game. Sure. And it looks, it reminds me of Dead Cells. It looks very, 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 very similar to Dead Cells, which is one of my favorite games that I've honestly p- purchased within the last five years. Um, and I've, I think I've talked about this before on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I did not buy this one yet, and I was eyeing it. It looks so good. Yeah, this, th- that, this is the type of game that i would play on this on the on my phone or my ipad this is something that i picture it being on again going back to that saying of like how i don't think um octopath should be on the pc like this is a perfect example of a game that i see being on my my, the handheld or on my phone and playing so i i put it on my watch list i'm gonna it's only five dollars now which is also the tempting part it's always like those games they look good and they're really cheap 
and it, that's when it gets de- deadly because then you start like accumulating them. <laughs> I assume that's how it works, and then you just don't play them as much because they, or you find out, yeah, this is actually not a good game. You've oh, luckily only paid two dollars, and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But I, I just, I just don't want to go through that because <laughs> I know it'll just be a. It's like a gateway drug almost, but. No, yeah, this that was is, a terrible reference. <laughs> this is a great example because, I mean, look at the screenshots alone. It's yeah. in uh, portrait mode. And yes. that tells you that they're already taking the phone into consideration. And it's a first party, not first party. It's a it, it's an iOS only game. So yeah. those two things right there, and then you watch the gameplay. That's the third thing that tells you that this is just, this is built for the phone. This has the right feel for the phone. It's mm-hmm. the controls are set up specifically for the phone. You know, it's it, it, this is the kind of developer and game that should be on iOS. And I'm hoping that a lot of people have bought this. It has a huge high rating. People seem to enjoy it in the reviews. It's this is this is the bread and butter of the iOS gaming experience that I'm looking for. And this is definitely on my list. You know, I have, as you said, piles of games that I want to play. I'm playing my way through them and enjoying them, but like this is definitely on the list and something that I want to get to as well. Hmm. I, uh, I didn't realize that dead cells is actually also on every major gaming device. So yes. it's not only on the switch, but it's on the PC. It's on Xbox. It's on PS4. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's everywhere. crazy. And it's, um, it, it looks really good on the Switch, too. I yes, got to see some gameplay, and it actually looks really good. So, and not that it's not that it's a very hardcore, resource-intensive game. I mean, it's no. It seems pretty straightforward animation-wise, and not the Switch. The Switch actually does kind of lag every once in a while when you're playing it, but I don't oh, know if okay. that's just the porting of it. Yeah, that's uh, probably the port. Then is my guess. But yeah, it's. I, that's a permadeath game that will really just i i found myself playing i haven't played it in a while and now just talking about it makes me want to play it yeah uh it's something that takes you wake up you'll play for quote five minutes and it's like an hour and a half goes by and you're like oh crap this is this is the thing that has been a positive out of the mobile gaming experience if you yeah. could call it that I'm, i don't know what to call it at this point uh this is Mo- the positive no, the, yeah. we have a huge influx of not only indie games which you know is great but yeah i'm i'm hesitant to use the term because it's it's thrown around way too much but roguelike style games more about permadeath than about you know starting over this isn't a genre that I like every single kind of game that's ever made in it, but the games like FTL where like you, you have this run you have this game where like you have these smaller experiences, but somehow you slip into hours playing a game, right? So like, yeah, an FTL game could last anywhere from five minutes on. It could be five minutes before you have to start over and, you know, you lose your ship and you want to try something new. Or it could be, you know, an hour goes by and you're playing through your your same run. Like but the experience is smaller. It's not an eighty hour game regardless, you know, unless you play a lot of those same runs over and over to try new things, new mm-hmm. ships, new configurations, try to get a different random event. Like it's there's something there that I think has only really come from 
it was a resurgence from older games. That's hence the name Rogue. I mean, that was where it yeah. came from. Having that come back in these smaller experiences, because that's why it fits so well on mobile. It's a smaller experience. It's, it's you can jump in and out of it. You can have an start to finish experience in a much shorter amount of time on a on a device like a mobile phone and then put it away and come back to it later and not lose your place and not have to worry about what was the story and where was I at and you know we talked about it briefly before the ramp up period into a game right like there's none on these like you just jump in and out and you're done and FTL is a great example I think I've played a ton of FTL I don't know if you ever have played that game have you played that game FTL uh i don't think so but oh, i remember gosh. people talking about it all the time oh my gosh it is that is a phenomenal phenomenal game you would love the crap out of that game so ftl is great on the pc and that's where i played it the most of course but once i got on the ipad it is super dangerous because <laughs> you can sit there and do other things and play this game you don't even need the sound on on that game necessarily it it adds to the experience but you can sit there and watch tv and play ftl and still feel like you had a full game experience it's really great ftl is on oh it is yeah it's i think it's 10 dollars it's worth every single penny i've put so many it's, hours into it's that only game. on it's only on the ipad i think yes correct only okay. on the ipad okay i just want to make sure because yep. i looked at my phone and said it wasn't compatible correct interesting correct correct um it's and it's i think it's ten dollars right is that right yes yeah 10 buckaroos well worth it it's a fantastic experience it's sci-fi you manage a ship you get a crew it's like Star Trek and Star Wars rolled into one. It's so fun. And I still, to this day, I, I don't mind admitting the fact that I have ever, only ever beaten it on easy. I have never beaten it on medium or hard. It's really hard and very random and so fun. So it's a it's a great game. Hmm. Well, here's my promise to you. I'm going to attempt <laughs> to play some more or try to play some more games on my phone. I'm gonna. I you did generously give me a new game the other day. Uh, is it pronounced Xeno Work? Yes, Xeno Work. Where it's pretty much just a you shoot them up. You just drive. You run around shooting up aliens, and it's yep. uh, a randomized uh, map every single time you play it. So it's like always randomized. It's not the same build every single time. Uh, and so far, I'm in, I've enjoyed it. I was just. As I was waiting to jump on this call, I was playing. So we're on our awesome. on the podcast. So it, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun just shooting aliens. <laughs> yeah, it, and there's no story really. It's something something happened in a lab. Something something aliens are there, and then yeah. you're shooting them. The fun part is like buying your suits as you're building up through the game, and it's not free. To, it's not like you're buying with money suits and weapons and stuff. You you. As you play the game, you can collect more stuff and then buy better weapons and buy better armor and and upgrade and um, it's so so fun in that way and it's just it's a mindless shooter. It, if there were actual physical controls, it'd be considered a dual stick shooter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's it's you're running around, you're firing down hallways and trying to get good kill streaks and um, there's an element early on, especially of like a little bit of not fear per se because it's not like jump scares but like it's dark you can't see where you're at ahead of you necessarily you have these yeah. crappy weapons and you're trying to yeah. make your way through this alien infested facility and um 
as you get farther in the game, you start buying cooler armor and like better weapons and you're just driving through piles of aliens and just running through and it's so fun. So I thought you'd enjoy that. It's, it's very, this is coming from somebody who's not a Halo fan necessarily, but it felt very Halo-esque in that way. And I thought maybe it might touch on that for you. Yeah, I'll have to, we'll have to reconvene next time and I'll yes. tell you how, how far I am. Awesome. Cool. I think, uh, I think that's it. All uh, right. But you. Yeah, I think that's it. Interesting that you chose that topic. <laughs> well, I had well, to start I had, laughing. <laughs> well, because I wanted to talk about other things, but, uh, I, there, one of the topics that we could have talked about today, there's like, there's got a, there's some mental pre- like preparation that needs to go through yeah. for both of us. Yeah. And it, and it's more for you than me right now. Um, and the other one is something that I, I think, uh, we should talk about on a later date, uh, mainly because I, I think we both have different opinions and I'm curious to see if that would, uh, be, uh, an interesting debate between the two of us. So I, uh, look forward to when that ever happens. Um, yeah. If you're referring to the one I'm thinking of, I, I think it will be more questioning from me and asking a lot of, like, how do you view it questions. So I, I look forward yeah. to that one, too, at some point. Lots, we're all talking in code, so this, <laughs> maybe we'll Perfect. have someone else jump Perfect in. for the podcast, you know, so that, you know, the people listening don't know what we're talking about. That's how podcasts work, right? You want to talk so that people don't understand? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. I mean, that's 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 we the, did it. Yeah, that's success. We did exactly that. I think <laughs> if we, uh, we should just uh, end now. I oh, think yeah. that's that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Justin. Mm-hmm. Live long and prosper. <laughs> oh gosh, no. <laughs> May the force be with you. Bye. <laughs> oh yes, that was good. <laughs> uh, May the force be with you. <laughs>
Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.